love has done its part And let him reign in my life and my heart If love has done its part Welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds Radio, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We are glad you are listening today and hope you find words of healing, insight, and restoration. Shadow of His Wings Ministry was founded by Lee and Shay Preston and born out of God's vision for setting captives free. If you would like to support us in the work we do, please visit www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com to donate. Today on Healing Hidden Wounds, Lee is talking with Jonathan Darty, director of Be Broken Ministries. Let's listen in as Lee and Jonathan discuss the ins and outs of recovery from sexual brokenness. Uh, this is our Healing Hidden Wounds segment, and for those of you who might be new listeners, uh, our Healing Hidden Wounds segment is a uh, portion of the broadcast that we do about every four or five weeks uh, where we have our counselor here, Lee Preston, who is uh, the founder and director of Shadow of His Wings Ministry, and he has a real neat uh, ministry that uh, helps a lot of folks that have been struggling with uh, homosexual attractions and also abuse and different sort of sorts of things like that. And so we like to have him on the air to be our, our expert on the same-sex attraction uh, arena. And uh, so this week, you've got a very interesting uh, topic that you want to bring to us. So why don't you tell our listeners what we're going to be talking about? Sure, Jonathan. I, I like how you make me the expert today when we're going to bring up this very sensitive topic. And uh... and Lee's phone number is... No, I was <laughs> well, no, we're welcome to have all kinds of uh, phone calls. Uh, this is an interesting topic today. It uh, is not meant to be uh, uh, offensive by any means, but it is a discussion on some buzzwords that have been kind of going on, kind of a buzz statement out there. That's been going on uh, on the Internet, uh, basically saying, and and the questions being asked, is gay the new black? And uh, so you can understand where there could be some sensitivity to even that statement in and of itself. But kind of the reason why we're bringing it up today is just to look at the political culture of the gay community right now. And so, yeah, maybe try to, because is is gay the new black? I mean, I'm thinking if I'm just listening to that for the first time, okay, what exactly are you saying? I mean, what exactly is that meaning? Are you saying, okay, is, is, is home, I mean, because you're talking about it, is, is homosexuality a new sort of almost, almost like an ethnic category, ethnic minority category? Is that kind of what that statement's supposed to kind of mean? Right. Basically, I think there's just some kind of discussion out there as whether being gay is the new protected class category uh, of the civil rights issues. And what are we doing with that? And there's been some discussion about whether uh, the gay community has had some of the same struggles as uh, the black community in trying to, to reach uh, equality, and uh, so there's been some comparison as as of late with regards to gay being uh, the new black. What is the? Uh, I mean, what is what would people in the gay community, or the, at least the people who might be leading this uh, charge in the gay community, what would they be saying is the reason for them to uh, compare themselves to blacks? 
Well, just a discussion around it, and I, I by no means uh, put out that I know everything about it. We're just discussing it today. But the most important issue, I think, is that um, as a gay person, if I were to say that since I'm born gay, then I must also, uh, as anyone of color, uh, black, Hispanic, etc., Asian, since I cannot change the color of my skin, then therefore I'm, I can't change my sexual orientation. So I should have the same protected class category under the civil rights uh, movement to give me certain protections. And I think that's the issue because, uh, fortunately, at least for, for uh, those of us who believe that God would never create someone gay, uh, we still believe that uh, it is something that can be healed, it is something that can be changed, and it's something that God can certainly provide major uh, recovery in. And uh, so there is not a lot of proof out there, uh, as much as the media might tell you, that it's something that you're born with. And so to even begin comparing it to a skin color, which is something you're definitely born with, uh, is a very difficult issue. So there has to already, already on the premise, there has to be somewhat of a leap of logic. Sure. the, the major or a leap, leap from logic. Exactly. The major leap is, is that... Uh, I must accept that if uh, if I'm accepting this premise, I must accept that gay people are born gay. Because otherwise, it would be a very slippery slope to try to defend a preference as a protected class. Exactly. Because that would be no different than me saying, you know what, I'm I'm an Irish American. Exactly. So I'm a minority. Right. And but but, but you know, it's almost like. But even then, why couldn't I defend the fact that I was actually born an Irish American and maybe I find that there are some, and I know this is a just way out of left field example here, but I, I actually was born an Irish American. And I always like to let my friends know as like a little, uh, you know, a little party conversation as an icebreaker that, you know, we were actually the first ghetto dwellers in America. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, I could make a ridiculous argument that says, as an Irish American, shouldn't, because I was actually born that way, couldn't I also maybe get in an uproar about anything that I could view as detrimental to my health, to my way of living, because I believe that Irish Americans are being repressed or something? Sure. Sure. And I think what's important is even if you if you look at ethnicity in general, even if it is Irish, uh, you can't change your heritage. That is your heritage. You were born in the, based upon your ethnicity and your culture and and the family of origin that you were born from. But homosexuality is still out there as being touted as at least, you know, yes, on one hand, people are born with it. On the other hand, which is what our belief is, is that the Bible says that it's a sin and God would never allow sinful behavior to be inbred in us. Yes, we're born with a sinful nature, but we would not be ever be born gay. And so to try to say, well, if I'm born this way, I must have protected class category is saying that it is something that I am inbred with. And incapable of changing. Of changing. Yeah. And we've always said on this on this radio show, Jonathan, that we want to acknowledge that in the gay community, that if somebody were to, like, because I used to say the same thing, if someone were to come up to me and say, well, you should be able to change, then my first reaction was, look, if I would know how to change, then you better show me, because I don't know how. I can't change the way I feel. 
Mm-hmm. But I think there's a difference in changing how we feel and changing the color of our skin, which is kind right. of what bothers me about this comparison. And I think I, I want to make it very clear, uh, and I think you did a good job of this earlier in the broadcast of, uh, you know, we are not um, in, in this ministry. We are not out to agitate those who right. are are struggling with homosexuality or maybe even not struggling. <laughs> there, exactly. There are a lot of folks out there that have embraced their homosexuality uh, and and even though we believe that the Bible clearly states it's sin, doesn't mean that we're, you know, trying to uh, agitate them or or irritate them. Um, it's just we want to also we want to be able to present truth on this radio broadcast and also be able to have a forum where we can have open discussions about things that are even uh, affecting our culture, affecting our climate of 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 life because of how things are happening politically that can certainly affect how we are able to live in our lives. Sure, Jonathan, and that's very true. And that's why I mention, you know, even for those who might be listening who are still in the gay lifestyle or who struggle with same-sex attraction, I by no means want to make light to that uh, of that word choice because I remember not ever really feeling like I had a choice in how I felt. Uh, and so I understand that. But I do want to say there's a difference in choosing how you feel versus choosing mm-hmm. the color of your skin because that's part of the process of recovery. I may feel like I'm attracted to a certain uh, thing in my life. It may be men, it may be women, it may be animals. I mean, we deal with all kinds of things uh, in sexual addiction. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't make that a protected class category. I still may feel that way, but that doesn't say that it's the same as being born with my skin color a certain Exactly. And I think that's sometimes a very hard truth for those who are meshed in deep sexual addiction, whether it's heterosexual or homosexual, to understand. Sure. Because, you know, even even my own background and my own sexual addiction, uh, I, I had, I was just, it was just ingrained in the way I felt. I felt like it was just ingrained in my being that sex was a need. Right. And it didn't matter the means, because I had so ingrained this type of thinking and this sort of belief system that said you have to have sex. It doesn't matter if it's with your wife or with a prostitute or with who, you know, lady down the street. Right. You just have to have sex. And well, anybody that's kind of on in in a reasonable play, place a uh, uh, a reasonable state of mind um, you know, not thinking irrationally would look at that and say, well, that doesn't make sense. Right. You won't die if you don't have sex. I mean, exactly. you, you stop drinking water and you stop, stop eating. Yeah, those are needs. Right. <laughs> but but sex, you could go the rest of your life without sex and you wouldn't die. Sure. And so there's an irrationality that sometimes comes that's very powerful in our emotional being. But it just because an irrational thought or an irrational idea becomes very powerful in our emotions doesn't mean it is... Uh, characteristic of our DNA sure, or something that is incapable of change. Right. And I think that's why we have to be very careful. And I speak this not only to men and, and women who struggle with homosexuality, but to general population, because it's something that we ultimately have to look at is pronouncing my culture based upon the object of my sexual desire is a dangerous place to tread. 
and trying to now compare that to the color of skin and saying, well, you know, we've gone through some of the same injustices as, as you have. We've gone through some of the same pain that you've gone through and fighting for your rights. Then, therefore, we should also be in the same class as trying to protect our civil rights. There's a real dangerous place there of, of pronouncing special class category for civil rights based upon the object of your sexual desire. And I just really want the community to understand that it's it, that, that we're doing this based upon the object of our sexual desire. Therefore, if my sexual desire happens to be children, then what do we do next? If the object of my sexual desire happens to be uh, animals, what do I do next? And these are hard topics to discuss. But what if the object of, of my desire is objects like a shoe or, you know, um, some sort of specific food item or something. You know, the next thing you've got is you've got all these protected categories of, well, I'm attracted to this, so that means I must have special uh, consideration. Yeah, and while I am while I am way more concerned about this on a um on a spiritual level, I am I am very much concerned about this also from a political standpoint because of what it means in terms of this slippery slope legislation. If there were to come across uh, a bill that got passed that said, yes, in, in this arena, those who uh, claim homosexuality get X, Y, and Z benefits, I, I can already, I mean, I'm not a prophet, but I can tell you what's going to happen. There's going to be a lot of fraud that's going to occur in that because how are you going to be able to disprove if someone comes up and says to their county judge or whatever, I'm a homosexual, so therefore I get these particular rights. Right, because... Because only, how are they going to disprove it? The only way to prove it is to determine who you've been having sex with yeah. or who the object of your sexual desire is. But then that would, but then, but then that would violate other laws of, exactly. be, of that court being able to go in and say, uh, tell us who you're having sex with. Right. Not to mention it opens up a whole door of the bi-curious, the bi-experimental, mm -hmm. all of those things that are beginning to unfold in the gay community as anyone can, you know, if I've ever had any attraction to a man or as, a, as another man, hey, I must be gay then. So I get this particular specialized class category benefits. And I just think it's important also because it's got, it's something that I know the church even struggles with is do we accept every gay person and say God loves the homosexual and he, he made them this way? Or do we continue to, to speak truth and say, look, this is the situation. You're hurting. You've got sin in your life, just like the rest of us. Let's help you get to a place of recovery rather than caving in on this subject and saying, oh, well, we really believe God must have made people this way and God accepts everyone because as we begin to acquiesce, back down, then we're going to have more and more problems that we're, and this is just the beginning of, mm -hmm. of that problem. Yeah, and what I see is that, uh, you know, as the threats mount against uh, evangelical Christian organizations and individuals who continue to speak the truth and say, you know, homosexuality is a sin, the same way that lying, that gossip, that uh, infidelity in marriage, all of those, they're all sin. What I what my fear is is that as this thing escalates in the political arena, uh, that these evangelical Christians 
and these evangelical ministries will begin to be quiet. Exactly. Because they'll say, oh, no, they're going to pull my nonprofit status. Oh, no, they're going to prevent me from actually conducting ministry. And and my my feeling about all of that is, uh, you know, the Bible tells us that if we as believers— if we all shut up and refuse to praise God, he said even the rocks would cry out. Amen. So the way I look at it is the go- if the government wants to come into this little tiny padded room that we do these broadcasts in, and they want to pull the plug on our microphones, and they want to take our laptops, and they want to remove our ability to do these podcasts, my faith is not so small that the truth will actually be silenced by that. Right. It will just have to find another avenue. And and I, I don't say that um, to sound harsh, but I say that because I know there are millions of men and women out there who are literally dying in their homosexual sin. That's right. And so my my motive for saying that is actually love. Right. And there are so many people who are so blinded by their sin that they can only see those statements as hateful. Right. And that breaks my heart because... Um, as one who has come out of sexual addiction, I want nothing more than to help other people come out of the deception of their addiction. And and yet this this whole arena of homosexuality, especially, especially as it's gotten totally uh, tangled with the political process, has created so much division among Christians and among churches that it's either... If you call homosexuality a sin, you are a homophobe and a hate monger. Right. Or if you accept homosexuality as, hey, no big deal, then, you know, well, for one thing, on the homosexual side, you'll be totally embraced because now you're you're completely <laughs> under their control. Right. But then you'll get, uh, you know, you'll probably be treated the exact same way as the homosexual by those who are hateful. Well, and then what you've done is, unfortunately, you've watered down the truth, the freeing truth of Christ that could have led that person Mm -hmm. to a life of freedom. And I think you're so right. You know, yes, it's a political issue. It's become a political issue. Uh, We want to talk about it because it's a political issue. But it also, yes, and God will continue to get the word out uh, in his way if we were shut down. But if only one person gets to hear, wait a minute, maybe... Maybe what I've always thought about myself isn't true. Maybe there is a God up there that does love me, but loves me more than to just give me what I want. Maybe he really loves me enough to say, you know what, son or daughter, that's not my best for Mm -hmm. you. And I have a better plan for you. Is it hard for you to get to this place of recovery? Yes. Will it take some work on your part? Yes. But any healing will always take work. And... If you just bend to the left and say, well, from here on out, uh, we'll just give uh, this this gay community, the gay community, their own civil rights uh, based upon their object of their sexual desire, then have you done any help to them? You may have given them what they want. You may have made them happy for a moment, but haven't you lost the war? Because how many people will burn in hell? When God comes in judgment, and I don't mean that as the hellfire brimstone, you know, God's uh, God's this hateful God, but he is a just God. 
And if we can save one person to say, hey, look, make, just think about it. Think about the other option out there. Maybe there is healing for you. Mm-hmm. Then that's, what's, that's what it's worth. Because at the end, we'll all be standing in judgment for the things that we gave over to people that weren't ours to give. Yeah. Which is freedom, which is our right, which is those aren't those aren't ours to give. That's God's right to give. Well, and I think I think we need even more voices to rise up in the Christian church that that say this is where healing takes place. Right. Uh, and and unfortunately, and this is what, this is one of the obstacles that we face in this particular ministry is. There are many churches that just either out of their fear or their ignorance um, just are unwilling to go to that place where they say, hey, you know what, within these walls, this is where you find freedom from your sin. This is where you find healing from your abuse, healing from your false thinking. And yet what our churches have become in many ways, at least to the outside world looking in, is... Um, nothing more than a routine that people who look and act just like they do go every week. Exactly. And and it's it's tragic in my mind because I think, again, there are literally millions of folks who are just ensnared in homosexual sin who are not being given a beacon of hope within the church. Exactly. They're, they're being, they're being, you know, they say, well, you stay out on the street. Uh, listen, let all the drunks in, you know, let all the, uh, all the, the folks who struggle with gossip who do it in, in this church, of course, let all the, you know, let the embezzlers come in. But, you know, homosexuals, you have to stay out on the street corner. And that's just not right. That's just right. wrong. Right. And, and it's, and it's wrong on both sides of that. Not only is it wrong to say you're not allowed in, but it's also wrong to say, oh, we'll give you whatever you want. And right. we'll let you believe whatever the whatever your truth is, whatever your, what does the Bible say, tickling ears want to hear. Mm-hmm. And yet we won't care about your ultimate eternity, right. where you'll spend your life in eternity. We'll just give you what you want. And I really hope that, that that falls in convicting ears out there, that that people realize if we just give in, then we are jeopardizing that person's eternity. It's one thing to give over something quickly, but it's another thing to lose them for the rest of, of, of eternity. Yeah, and I, I hope that my prayer is that this broadcast is 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 not coming across in a, in a hellfire and brimstone sort of way, but right. that it's coming across in a very compassionate manner. Sitting here behind these mics are two men who truly, absolutely love the addict. Amen. I mean, and and the thing is, we love you so much that we're not going to lie to you. I mean, I think the mark of true love in any relationship is the ability to tell the truth, even when you know it could have negative consequences on yourself. Amen. And you know what, Jonathan, there are people out there, because I was in this life, and there are people out there who may even be listening right now that I know that are still in that life. And it's not that I just want them to hear what, what, what the gay community would want them to hear. It's I want to know that they'll be with me in paradise when this is all over with. Because yeah. this is just a vapor. Eternity is forever. And if we give in now and just say, oh, well, we'll give them what they want to hear, then we've lost them forever, too. Thank you. 
We are glad you joined us today, and we hope that God had a special word just for you. Remember that Healing Hidden Wounds and Shadow of His Wings Ministry are listener-supported, and all services are provided on a donation basis. If you heard something today that was especially important to you, we hope you will consider donating a gift. Please visit www.healinghiddenwounds.com to donate today. Now let it rain in my life and my heart. Your love has done its part. Now let it rain.